This is Marriage to the Max, episode number 74. And welcome to another episode of Marriage to the Max. Well, hello, hello, hello. I'm your host, Kelly Hurst. This is Brett Hurst. And we are marriage educators and co-founders of Home Encouragement. Ooh, I like that. And this podcast is designed to help you take your marriage to the next level. Right. Our hope is simple, to encourage you in your marriage relationship. We believe that healthy marriage should be a front burner conversation, and we are here to help that happen. Moving it to the... Front burner. Yay. Well, today's episode is called Top 10 Complaints from Unhappy Wives. What? Dun, dun, dun. Ruh, ruh. <laughs> and no, before you ask, is this, this did hint? not come from my personal journal. This is not from your diary? <laughs> no, this came from an online article that I found a while back when I was looking for topics to do a podcast episode on, and I thought this was kind of intriguing. And you zeroed in on unhappy wives. Well, we might have a different list on another episode, but for now, we're just talking about unhappy wives. And I want to clarify, these complaints are from unhappy wives, not happy wives. So you're in the Happy wives category. never complain. <laughs> All right. Well, let's be about it. Well, and here's what I thought was interesting. Some of the things that are on this list you and I, Brett, deal with all the time with couples. They're pretty universal. But a few things popped up that really, I don't know, kind of surprised me. You can tell me what you think okay. when we get to those. So a lot of these are things we, we see all the time. Yeah, when okay. we're working with couples. All right. Okay, the first complaint is, he never helps around the house. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. no. Now, we definitely see this one a lot. In fact, this is on the top six the fact, big six. The big six that cause divorce, which always astounds me that this one makes that list, but it does. I mean, sometimes this is the deal-breaking kind of thing. So Yeah, household chores play a big role for a lot of couples, and they pay, play a big role for a lot of women in particular. Mm -hmm. And so this one really did not surprise me that it was the number one complaint. I wanted to read a couple of statistics. In 2013... Men spent almost 10 hours per week on chores, while women spent 18 hours. And although that is an improvement from the 1960s, when men devoted only four hours of housework to a woman's 30 hours of housework. Wow. But the discrepancy is still annoying and can be very exhausting for women, particularly women who are moms and who work outside of the home, maybe a full-time career. Mm -hmm. um, they feel like maybe there should be a little more equitable split on chores, but yeah, still a big difference. One thing we talk to women about is we'll say, you know, the best way to ensure your husband pulls his weight is to be specific about what you want. When a wife says to her husband, you know, you never help me around the house. Uh -huh. That's just such a broad complaint. That'd you be know, specific. yeah, you've got to tell him like, do you want him to help bathe the kids? Do you want him to do dinner prep? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you want him to load the laundry? And yep. here's the key that we tell women all the time. Let him do it his way. 
this is really key because if you stand over him or critique his work, mm-hmm. he's just going to let you do the task instead. Yeah, he's Be- going to bail. Yeah, because nobody wants to be micromanaged. Mm-hmm. So even if it's not to your standards, just learn to be grateful that he's helping and right. don't you know sweat the fact that it's not done the way you would do it. Because we do see this a lot in yeah. couples conflict. That yeah. When, when we get down to the bottom of why he's not willing to help, mm-hmm. a lot of times this is the reason. So. Yeah, it's either that he doesn't know specifically what she wants, mm-hmm. or it's that she micromanages the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so um, I don't, I don't want to make women mad at me, but I just want to say this is pretty common. But when he does help, she puts him down. Yeah, mm-hmm. or she does, does it over, does the chore over, right. you know, or something, or complains. Right. And the other thing I wanted to say is remember that chores don't have to be divided down the middle to be exactly equal. For example, you know, if he's good at dinner prep, but he's not so great at getting the kids ready in the morning, maybe it's just easier for you to take that morning gig solo mm-hmm. and not worry about like, you know, splitting everything right down the Play middle. Play to your strengths. Play to your strengths. That right. is a great way to say it. All right. Okay. The second complaint is he doesn't know anything about the kids. Okay. Okay. He doesn't so, know his own kids. Well, that that's actually not what they're saying. They're saying while studies have found that men interact with their children for at least three hours a day, mm-hmm. a lot of wives gripe that their men simply don't know the day-to-day details of what's going on in their kids' lives. So they know this part of their kids' world, but they don't know this part of their kids' right. world. Right. So like they might enjoy wrestling and playing around at the house, but mm-hmm. they may not know their kids' friends' names, mm-hmm. or they may not know what homework they had or something. Yeah. And so, and, and I don't want to stereotype here, but this is actually came from the article. And I thought it was kind of interesting that maybe the way men are wired is a lot of men tend to communicate to exchange information. And women a lot without stereotyping tend to communicate to bond. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, you know, women may be able to keep kind of in their the love map portion of their brain, things like favorite movies or toys or friends names, Mm -hmm. they that some of that information may be kind of dismissed by dad as irrelevant information. Women will retain it. Dad might yeah, discard it. Or yeah. yeah. Or maybe if the mom is just more involved in the day-to-day stuff of mm-hmm. the kids, maybe she's just naturally by proximity going to know more of that information. Yeah. Um, so I feel like, you know, as long as your husband's on top of the big stuff, mm-hmm. you know, let your child handle the fact that, you know, if he doesn't know her best friend's name or his his favorite toy, you know, let the kids kind of duke that out with daddy. Don't I don't, sweat it. Yeah, yeah, I don't know that there's a reason to like make that a huge thing. Right. You know, as long as he interacts with them and they have fun. And, and like you said, we've seen situations where this is completely flipped. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, anyway. Okay, so the third complaint is he's always playing video games. We hear this one a lot. And I have to say, I wonder if this complaint is specific or unique to this generation because I don't recall <laughs> well, this being a not common necessarily. I don't recall but I mean video games back in the day when you and I got married 30 years ago, yeah. the technology was not what it is. There wasn't even the internet. <laughs> that is true, but we have worked with couples in their 40s and even 50s yeah. that are having this issue as well. So yeah. and if it's not this, like I don't have this issue, but yeah. I have other issues where I I'm working on music projects or, right. you know, or you could be a, a computer mm-hmm. geek or whatever and have all yeah. kinds of, there's all kinds of variations. Yeah. Of it could be video games. It could be fantasy football. Yeah. It could just be endless hours on social media. Technology can absolutely get in the middle of a marriage. In fact, we have a podcast episode devoted 
to that. I think it's called technology intruder. So if you need to listen to that. Um, So, you know, have a conversation about screen time and just establish some guidelines. I mean, maybe it's no phones until after the kids are in bed or promising to put all the technology away, you know, a half hour before your own bedtime routine. Mm -hmm. Um, And that way you both have time to sort of give into a guilty tech pleasure in a way that doesn't harm your marriage. You know, there's just, no one wants to be ignored and and you need to be devoting time to your marriage. So, you know, don't let video games or anything else have the run of the run of the day. No, that's practical. Yeah. Okay. So number four is we have the same arguments every day. Mm. Okay. We run into this all the time. Yeah. So like, why didn't anyone pick up the playroom? When are we figuring out vacation plans? You know, no matter what the disagreement is, every couple has a few that just seem to come up repeatedly. We talk about this because of John Gottman's research. He talks about how people tend to have kind of the same argument over and over again. It may Mm -hmm. be different circumstances. And it's not really a danger sign in your relationship. It's really just more of an annoyance, I think, than anything else. Yeah, because couples typically do have the same arguments over and over. Yeah, and that's even in healthy marriages is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you find that you really are hashing out the same issue all the time, then sit down together and try to get to the root of the problem. Mm -hmm. You know, a marriage meeting with you, a bottle of wine, a chance to just kind of talk interruption free that focuses on something specific, say, you know, feeling overwhelmed by the kids schedules or the fact that vacation planning brings up financial insecurities, you know, those conversations, those deeper conversations can be so helpful, because you can get to the heart of the matter and discover what's really bothering you. I'll tell you what's bothering me right now. It sounds like we're at the boat races while this guy is mowing outside uh, where we're recording it's this, an but. occupational hazard to record at our house there's a mower behind us at any rate yeah but anyway so i you know you and i sometimes brett have discovered that when you have those deeper conversations where you give each other space to go okay let's let's really hash this out and you're not doing it in the heat of the moment when you're mad at each other I, so many times you and i have really hit on a a real nugget of mm-hmm. truth when we give ourselves the space to do that. And then I think we manage it better later on because right. then we know what's really at the heart of it. You yeah, know? now it's in your toolbox of knowledge. And, yeah, yeah, and it's not just that you want to bicker and, and you know irritate each other. Oh, you really want to actually... Like to bicker. <laughs> I don't like to bicker. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> okay, so moving on to complaint number five, he drinks too much. Uh-huh. Now, this I, goes both ways. It totally can go both ways. And I'll admit, I did not expect this one to show up in the top 10. I mean, clearly, people drink too much sometimes, and I, mm-hmm. I get that this can be an issue. But I didn't really expect it to be in the top 10. Did you? Uh, yeah, really? I did, actually. Yeah, it's coming up a lot. Yeah. Right now. Well, if this is your issue, apparently you're not alone. But this isn't just a topic, as you said, Brett, that men have to be careful about. Women need to watch what they're sipping as well. In fact, one study recently found that married women drink more than their single female friends. Kind of the new wave. Yeah, it's yeah. like getting together over a glass of wine or a bottle of wine at every event, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so making a choice to drink less together, I think, is a really good start. Even if you feel like maybe he drinks a lot more than you, you know, try to work together on it. And if you suspect it's more than just a habit... For your spouse. For your spouse. Right. Then Al-Anon is an excellent resource. It can give you a lot of tips and tools of how to manage someone who may have an alcohol addiction. And if it's more than just a habit for you, mm-hmm. AA or yep. Celebrate Recovery, so some other 
Get some help. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay, so complaint number six, his family drives me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm wondering if this complaint is going to show up on the husband's list as well, because I think this can cut both ways for sure. We hear this a lot from couples. Um, in-law dynamics can be really tricky. That's why it's important to get on the same page as a couple and really work at being united. Mm-hmm. Um, one tip that we try to tell couples, you know, because we can under we understand, you know, Brett and I come from crazy families too, both sides. You know, we've, we've got we've got cray cray all all down the family tree. Yeah. Um, but one tip that we always say is to be really careful about how you talk about your in laws to your spouse. Mm-hmm. Remember that is his family, and no matter how they are currently behaving. They did raise this person that you fell in love with. So they obviously did something right. And so, you know, avoid speaking about them in a negative way. For sure, don't call them names. Try not to be overly critical. You know, stick with complaining about a situation, but avoid complaining or criticizing their character. Um, because you need to reassure your husband that you love his family, mm-hmm. but that you also love this family that you and he have created, and you just want to feel respected if that's the issue. Can I criticize them? <laughs> you can criticize your own family, yeah, but I'm talking about the in-law uh, aspect just of teasing. it. <laughs> okay, complaint number seven, he always brings calorie bombs into the house. Calorie bombs. Now, Brett, I have to say, you and I are totally flip-flopped on this topic because I'm usually the one bringing the sweets and the snacks into the house. And so... I didn't know what a calorie bomb was. Yeah, you know, so like you're usually to me like, can we just have a salad, you know? Um, But except for a lot of couples, it's flipped and the woman is trying to be careful and eat healthy. And sometimes the guy's like, whatever, you know. Um, This article in particular said that most men don't have the same emotional ties to food that women do. And so when the donut... Donuts look are good at the bakery. He just picks up a dozen, you know, never met a donut I didn't like. Um, so directly addressing this issue like it's no big deal is probably the best option, mainly because it's probably not a big deal to him. You know, there's no need to shame him just because he's got a sweet tooth. Just ask him to pick you up a fruit salad the next time he gets donuts. You know, don't don't make it into such a huge deal. I was actually surprised this turned out on the top ten list. Mm, yeah, I, I I that really kind of surprised me. I just didn't know that was such a big issue. But for a lot of women, it is. Huh. And so um, I think maybe not making it a huge issue would be helpful. Yeah. My problem is not that I'm going to bring home a lot of donuts, but Mexican food would be another issue. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. We should do a podcast episode on Mexican food. Um, So complaint number eight, and this one did not surprise me at all. He always wants to have sex. What? There, (laughs) There's a lot of women who feel like he just is like, cannot get enough sex. (laughs) And I'm dying to know what's on the husband's list in relation to this. But here's what the article said. Between camp pickups and work drama and an overflowing inbox, it is no secret that it is flat out harder for women to get in the mood when they have a lot on their minds and certainly when they're fatigued. And I think this is the biggest issue. It's not that women don't want to have sex. It's that it's so many women are trying to spin so many plates that they're exhausted. I'm so glad to hear you say that. And when you are exhausted, I mean, it's just almost the last thing on your list, I wonder. Unless a woman has a particularly high desire for sex, which she may be on that end of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. But if she's just kind of your average desire woman or even a low desire woman, when she gets fatigued and exhausted, I mean, there's just nothing there to bring to the table. Well, 
You don't have to tell me that. (laughs) (laughs) So what we try to tell women and what I tell myself and what I try to practice myself is that you've got to just sort of plan for sex. You know, if you're waiting for the moment. Wait, hang on. Plan for <laughs> sex. You're writing that down. Yes. Um, you and you and I do this. I mean, you know, we've got we have a little schedule that we sort of operate P-L-A-N on. L A N for sex. All right, getting back to uh, the list um, to plan for sex, and because if you're waiting for both of you to be in the mood at the same time, and it for for it to just happen organically you're probably going to be waiting for a while. So plan for sex. So what women need to do is they need to think ahead and think about, okay, so it's morning time. Let's say tonight we want to try to have sex, you know, then she needs to do some things that are kind of, kind of get her in the mood. That may be sending a cute little sexy text to her husband during the day, you know, or something. Or it might be arranging the evening in such a way that maybe he's bathing the kids and putting them to bed so she can go have a long shower or, you know, something that sort of feeds her soul so that she can be ready to engage and not just falling down on the couch at 1030 at night. Those are all great ideas. I know. Those are fantastic. Those are ideas that I practice. Very good. Very good. You know, to try to get in the mood. And this could be also like, as you, we say in so many, this could be totally switched. It could be the man who's you know, very tired and not in the mood for sex. And maybe the woman always is. I guess that's possible. I think it is. Honestly, it's pretty rare. I mean, out of all the couples we've worked with, that's a rare occasion. Once in a while, we meet a couple like that. Um, But like what? Where where he where she's very high desire and he's low desire. Uh, we're we're seeing more and more of that. Yeah, but it's it's just not as common as the other way around, and right. that's why it showed up on this list. Right. So um yeah so let foreplay start before you know nine thirty ten o'clock at night. These guys that always want to have sex, what is their problem? Well, you could teach a. Uh, We won't. Okay. Uh, Moving on to complaint number nine. The credit card statement is always a surprise. Okay. I I didn't really know that this would be a top 10, but maybe this this is clearly more common than I realize. We say it all the time. Money and sex are the biggest hot buttons in marriage, and they are the least talked about Mm -hmm. subjects. So even though he may have purchased that flat screen TV as a surprise for you. Uh-huh, because <laughs> the fact- <laughs> you'll just love this on bold day. Yeah. The fact that the two of you didn't discuss a big purchase is a problem. And it may indicate that you need to have an honest conversation about being financially transparent. So mm-hmm. when you do, you know, we, you and Brett, you and I used to have a little business meeting on Sunday uh-huh. nights and we'd talk yep. about our money, our budget, and we'd talk about our calendar. And, and that was plan such for sex. We that was such a helpful thing for us to Sorry. stay sort of engaged. And there were just very few surprises because we knew what was coming up for each other financially and and also on our calendars during mm-hmm. the week. So yeah, so when you when you set up some ground rules, agreeing to talk about purchases maybe over a certain amount, mm-hmm. like you know, there was a time Brett when you and I were young where we had so little money. It, our our it was a moot point. Our amount of uh, you know purchase would, was like thirty dollars. Anything over thirty dollars, <laughs> yeah, we got to right. talk about you know. Yeah. But maybe that number's a lot higher for you. But set the framework for financial honesty in the future because it is a lot more fun to spend money when you're not doing it with a guilty conscience. Thirty dollars and these 
these four coupons. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay, the final complaint for unhappy wives is a little appreciation would be nice. Oh. And this common you. complaint, this this is a common one, and it's often rooted, I think, in misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. Your husband just may need to know how you want to be appreciated. Right. For example, do you like for him to compliment you on your efforts at home? Or do you want maybe a little more affection? You know, it's maybe kind of a the love language thing. Yeah, maybe a passionate kiss before you leave in the morning to go to work. He may think he's already doing it. Right. Yeah. But people hear appreciation in different ways. For some, for some, it's the actual words, "Thank you so much for doing this." Right. For other people, it's more of a general, "Thank you so much for how hard you work." Yeah. You know. And, and I've lost count how many men think that's what they're bringing to the table, which is a big thing. It could could be if, you know, how hard they're working, although, you know, it goes both ways. Women work hard. Everybody works Mm -hmm, hard. mm -hmm. But yeah, sometimes they think, well, gosh, I'm, I'm doing that every day and I'm working so hard and that I should be getting Mm -hmm. appreciated for that. This comes up a lot where men feel underappreciated that way. Mm -hmm. But it also comes up where women feel that way for their work efforts as well. Yeah. And it's one thing, it's just very easy to take for granted that your spouse is working hard or doing things around the house or raising the kids or whatever. So, you know, just remember, gratitude does go both ways. So give your husband appreciation and those comments are likely to come back to you because that tends to kind of be the pattern. Good for the goose. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Don't call any woman a goose. Um, So so what what did you think about that list? What was my great takeaway? Yeah. Plan Plan for for sex. sex. I just walked right into that. Okay. Well, if you'd like to contact us, you can find us at marriagetothemax.org. You can also check out homeencouragement.org or you can email us at thehearsts at homeencouragement.org. Also, we hope you'll follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We would also love it if you would rate this podcast on iTunes. It will help us build our audience and that will allow us to encourage even more couples. Well, until next time, remember, healthy marriage, healthy world. God bless y'all.